And now, Dan Apples connecting the dots. If tomorrow all the things were gone, I'd work for all my life. And I had to start again with just my children and my wife. I thank my lucky stars to be living here today. Where the flag still stands for freedom and they can't take that away. Sunday afternoon and welcome to Connecting the Dots with Dan Happel. And today my guest is Mark Sutherland from the UK. He's joining us from his place in Scotland. Uh, he's had a lot of projects underway and uh, we're going to hear a lot about those, but we're going to hear about what's happening in the UK and in Europe and how all these immigration issues all these things that are part of the deep state new world order move to, uh, well, basically uh, give us a one world socialist Marxist technocratic government. We're going to hear all about that from the European perspective. And uh, Mark is obviously he's been a frequent guest, but he's also been a frequent host to Connecting the Dots. And uh, this gentleman is a movie producer, a director. He's been involved in the film industry for many years. He's also a former uh, school teacher, so he's had a lot of experience in dealing with the sorts of things we're going to be ta uh, talking about today. And uh, Mark, welcome to the program. It's always great to see you, my friend. We have wonderful conversations and uh, we've developed a, a tremendous friendship over the years, and I just, uh, I'm always so tickled to have you on board. Good, good to uh, good to see you, my friend. And I just want to give a shout out to dear Thumper. Good to see you in the in the tech driving seat. Is always much appreciated. I've sent you a couple of emails. I don't know if you can find them for a couple of plugs, but thank you, Dan, my dear friend. Lovely to see you. Thanks for. Uh, uh, the invite there is there is so much to uh, to talk about from this side of the pond because there are so so many parallels my dear friend yeah there are and we uh we're, we're seeing the immigration problems now in the u.s but we have no idea how how much the uk suffered from that we're, we're going to be talking about the the uh, the fact that london now is literally experiencing very much the same kind of things that we're seeing in Minneapolis and other big cities in this country where uh, illegal immigration and virtually unlimited Im immigration 
has uh, created a situation where now uh, there's a lot of problems in uh, various cities around the UK. So let, let's start there. Let's just talk about how uh, so much has happened in your country in the last 20 years. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna reach for. I'm just reaching for my phone because I've just gone to some statistics, which I think is, which have been really good because they've been in in our press over the last week. So irregular. This is really interesting. This is on the the uh, government UK website. Irregular, as they call it, irregular migration, which to you and I is illegal migration, which to you and I is people getting in uh, rubber boats coming over the English Channel over to France. So let's just put a historical context. In 1944, uh, the Mulberry Harbours were floated over to create um, one of the most, if not the greatest, uh, landing of of, uh, of men and equipment in history in regard to the D-Day, D-Day landings. And I think um, the Mulberry Harbors, which were floated over there, which were these com- concrete blocks, which then built the harbor. And then, of course, as we know, troops, landing craft, and uh, brave men on your side of the pond, you know, on Gold Beach, o- Omaha, uh, thousands are being injured and thousands using their li- losing their lives to fight the Nazis and the, and uh, there is there's going to be a link later on unfortunately but if we examine that you know the Nazis National Socialist Workers Party um, so brave brave going that way and of course before then at the beginning of the Second World War. We then took, uh, we then sent three hundred thousand troops over, which uh, we thought we're going to deal with this in a very short space of time, and then we had the evacuation uh, called Dunkirk, and many many little ships, as been portrayed in a in a film uh, directed by Christopher Nolan a few years ago. Many many small ships went from our south coast out of Weymouth um, over there. Um, under gunfire and all the rest, and uh, rescued rescued the uh, the British British troops, etc. Um, and it's putting that that it's it's one of the busiest seaways, one of the busiest seaways in um, in the world, which is the the English Channel. It's one of the busiest seaways. So irregular migration in uh, June this year was fifty two. There were 52,530 irregular migrations detected entering the UK at uh, June uh, 2020, 20, ending June 2023. Um, UK net migration, e.g. not what went out, uh, people leaving, UK net migration in 2022 revised up to a record, um, I think, on the 20th, 23rd of November 2023, this figure came out, uh, 745,000 people. Now, let's put other things in context because geography is really, really important. And um, I say this slightly tongue-in-cheek, but I also say this with much love to my American brothers and sisters on your side of the pond, that sometimes geography is not your greatest strength. Um, and that's why I uh, have said and been very grateful for the bravery that was happened in 1944. But so we have a population officially of around about 68, 68 uh, 
million people. The UK fits into Texas uh, two and a half times. I'll just repeat that. You are a continent. We are a country. The UK is made up of uh, England, Wales, uh, and, um, and North America, and Scotland. But we, but those bodies fit into Texas 2.5 times. In North Dakota, you have a population in North Dakota. North Dakota is half the size of the UK, but you have a population of 700 thousand people. I can say that. I've recently been to North Dakota, which was a very, very pleasant experience. A bit of a shock when you come out of the airport of Bismarck and go, where are the people? And it's <laughs> flat. For many, 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 as I know that you are fully aware of, Dan, for many thousands, well, hundreds, thousands of miles, it is flat and there's grain and there's food growing and there are very, very expensive combine harvesters. And when I spoke to someone over there and said, how big is your ranch, so to speak, your farm? 18,000 acres. I can't even compute that. So deliberately saying these things, to one, to give the vastness of your continent, but also to show you how small our nation is. Mm -hmm. Now, We've had that. We are constantly having uh, illegal immigration coming into this country. Am I against immigration? No, I'd like it to be legal. And there is a key thing, legal. The problem is, and this is the concern, that as you can imagine, and we'll discuss America as well, we'll discuss what's happening on the Texas border. Going back in history, round about, I think, 2018, and I sadly, I can't find the letter, and, I need, and I'm trying to find them, a number to my previous member of parliament. There was then what's called the Global Migration Compact. The Global Migration Compact. As we, as there is this one world, there is a one world government push. We all know that. Mm hmm whether that's via, um, of course, the UN being a body of that, the World Economic Forum, etc. There's a number of different horses in this race that are all going on at the same time. And that's what they're trying to push. They're trying to get rid of national boundaries. And then, I don't apologize for this, There's a there is a huge, well, there's the main reason. There's a, a, a biblical eschatological reason that is also events that are also unfolding as well. So the one world government system, if you then, we then signed up to the Global Migration Compact, and I remember getting a, le a letter via my member of parliament, via a, uh, a government body saying that we're, you know, we're going to sign up, but this is not going to have any effect on us and all this kind of thing which I think, as we use one of our favorite phrases, is complete and utter BS, Dan. It's complete and utter BS. Because if you have got now round about 70,000 young men in hotels up, hotels up and down this country, uh, that is costing our economy millions and millions of pounds a week, if not, you know, let alone a month, mm -hmm. let alone a year. On the Texas border, as the incredible Michael Yon has been 
reporting for a long time with Anne van der Steel as well. The fact that we have seen, especially if we go back to uh, the Trump, Trump presidency as well, there was all these caravans um, organized to come up. You're fully aware of uh, George Soros, et cetera, et cetera. I have noted in your in the um, congressional committees recently, um, I'll just say this as a statement, that suddenly, you know, Marjorie Taylor Greene and others are calling for the impeachment, so to speak, of uh, Maya Cortis or whatever his name is, the man in charge of Homeland Security there, whose voice, as I was recently flying around to America, every time I go in one of your airports, I'm listening to his voice, which is enough to completely and utterly wind you up. <laughs> and where he's talking about security and all this, in many ways, Dan, what would be quite good is to actually find that loop of when he's speaking and to just, I mean, it's just outrageous. If, if they actually cared about security, then why are they building camps, so to speak, just on the border of America to then process all these illegal aliens that are, that are coming in to America? And the attack that's going on, we look at the basket case of what's happening in New York, what's happening in San Francisco and all the rest and the, and the drain on your country. So over here, it's a drain on our country. Southern Ireland, Southern Ireland, you're aware of recent events, and I just want to address that now. Southern Ireland is not part of the United Kingdom. It is Southern Ireland is a separate country. Mm -hmm. Southern Ireland is still in the European Union. We, as you know, on June the 23rd, 2016, we voted to leave the European Union. Southern Ireland has, um, has had an importation of 2 million migrants over the last few years into its country. I think I'm right in saying that the population has then gone up from 3 million to 5 million. Now, what is a, what is, this is really, really important because recent, a recent riot happened in Dublin. Um, sadly, uh, an appalling incident where an Algerian man, I'm just stating facts here, facts mm -hmm. that are out there. A man of Algerian descent went into some kind of, I think, kindergarten, primary, primary type uh, education establishment, stabbed, I believe, two children and one of the school workers who then got in the way to try and bravely defend these children, etc. Now, after that, there were riots in Dublin. I'm not excusing the the violence or anything like that. However, what is happening is that people are then seeing where the money is going, where the strain is on resources. And that is the same here where all this is going. Now, the reason why I'm talking about Southern Ireland is that it's been a classic case because it illustrates something else that's going on. It's been a classic case that if you decide to question that and um, question what's going on. There was a very, very good article in the Irish Times um, 
and I've forgotten the uh, the reporter's name. I might I might try and uh, look it up within a minute, within a couple of seconds, and then come back. But but he um he was talking about the background to this to this, and uh, the reason why it's the reason why that's important because sadly there had been an arrest by the local police. Uh, a particular individual was put in custody, died when he was actually in custody. Now, um, the, this this article in the Irish Times, an, an opinion written by uh, a, a man called Adam Doyle, and you can we can people can look that up. But the reason why Adam was then drawing to that incident, there are other things that are going on behind the headlines. And if people feel that their countries are changing, et cetera, et cetera, then they're going to feel rather disaffected by that. That that kind of thing's going on. But because of these European bureaucrats, they don't seem to care about this. So you've got these people movements now. You would say yes, but Mark, you've left the you've left the EU. Uh, well, yes, um, most most of it, and then I'd turn around and say no with some of the a load of laws that need to be repealing. And one of the reasons why we voted was to then be able to have control of our borders. And under under this inverted commas conservative government, it's got worse it's get it's really bad and it needs to be stopped now you and i would would discuss this a number of times whether we have a true conservative government i don't think we do now suddenly there was a plan there was a plan put forward to then take um x amount of migrants and take them back to rwanda and africa there was money given to that, et cetera, et cetera. That went then through our Supreme Court. We have a Supreme Court created by Tony Blair. And because of the European Court of Human Rights, which we now need to come, as far as I'm concerned, come out of, what's mm -hmm. fascinating, what's fascinating is that sadly, because of an incident, I think yesterday in France, where someone else were following a particular ideology of uh, then I, I believe has then stabbed stabbed uh, someone killed someone and then injured a couple of other people in France yesterday last night as we're speaking um, without we're dating this now they then have decided there's come out that the France have decided they're going to. Um, Get, kick someone out of their country and that they will ignore the European Court of Human Rights. Now, this raises another issue, which which we will go on to talk about with various things that are going on, because you're aware of the marches that have been going on in London, and I, I want to come to those. So we've got all of that going on. Now, as President Trump said, I want legal migration. I want legal migration. What is happening on your side of the pond is that there is a deliberate, deliberate bust flush to completely assault your border on the Texan border. And you do not know, as Michael Yon has pointed out, you don't know who is coming over the border. There are discussions about China, there's discussions about people 
with an Islamic ideology, we look at the links potentially that Hamas, the Muslim Brotherhood, yeah, one of our old favorite subjects, but that subject has never gone away. That subject is now front and center. Um, and I, at this point, I just I want to recommend a guest to you. You've got to, we've got to track this lady down to talk to, mm. which is an incredible lady called Cynthia Farat. Cynthia Farat. I will mm. send you some links of her talk. She is absolutely outstanding and a very, very brave, uh, a brave lady. And she is an expert on the Muslim Brotherhood because all of that is playing into what we're seeing on the streets in America and over here, which is uh, of huge concern. So we've just had, um, we got rid of our home secretary, secretary Suwala Braverman, who, um, who uh, she is, I think, of maybe Pakistani um, uh, heritage. She is married, her husband is Jewish. She was looking at the uh, pro-Palestine marches on London and said that they are hate marches. And I would agree with some of the stuff that's coming out with those people's mouths, was brave enough to say that, has been frustrated about not being able to stop the boats coming over uh, the English Channel, and also has spoke out and spoke out publicly and wrote a letter saying to Rishi Sunak, our excuse of a prime minister who I never voted for, he was parachuted in once they got rid of Boris Johnson, um, saying, you know, you're not, you're not doing your job. You're not defending the borders of this country. Now, the president of the United States, their main job is to defend your border and mm -hmm. for security. The, one of the main jobs of the prime minister in this country is to defend our borders. We have never seen anything like it in regard to the illegality of migration that's gone on. If you go back to Tony Blair, in regard to when we were then fully part of the European Union, this whole thing of freedom of movement within the European Union, and then Tony Blair was prime minister from 1997, Within uh, a couple of years, he then uh, created more of an atmosphere for free flow of labor from Europe. And we that started to happen. This is a statement, particularly from Poland at that time. Now, what happens when you are a small country like ourselves, as we've said, it's the strain on housing the strain on social services, the strain on uh, healthcare services if people need them. And even though Southern Ireland is within the European Union, it just said how people are fed up with what is going on. Now, let's go back to another country within, within Holland. Gert Wilders, and we all know him very well, very brave man, has been... His party won the most seats in their recent election. Uh, Mark um, Rudger was deposed. Rudger is World Economic Forum. Rudger is, I've swallowed the whole of the green agenda. I may as well just call myself Agenda 2030. I mean, he. we see the, um, the pressure that he has brought upon 
the Dutch farmers, et cetera, et cetera, you know, were worried about methane and all. I mean, it's just ridiculous as they are trying to shut farming down. Holland, Holland, in regard to exports, Dan, is, even though it's a small country, is one, if not the second biggest exporter in regard to agriculture and all the rest. It is phenomenal what they churn out. And as you know, with what's been happening in the Ukraine and the Ukraine being seen as the breadbasket of, of Europe, one of the breadbaskets of Europe, if you then have another situation where you are undermining the food productivity of a country like Holland, that starts to put our food security within Europe in, in danger, in my opinion. Gert Wilders has got into power. Gert Wilders has questioned the ideology of Islam in regard to jihadism, etc., etc. And he has questioned that, and he has been forthright on that. He has, over the last 10 years, suffered for doing that. That's why he has 24-hour uh, protection and all the rest. Because of the way their, their uh, proportional representation works, he won the most seats. And now, for a number of months, he's now having to have a discussion with other parties so he can actually form a government. Now, let's put other things in context here. There was a, an amazing book written by this lady, this man, uh, yeah, called Batyor. Mm -hmm. Now, this book talks about Eurabia, the Europe-Arab axis, the Europe-Arab dialogue. Now, takes us down a number of, of uh, rabbit holes, but this is just, this is my opinion. Where what has happened is that you're constantly having immigration, having immigration, having immigration come in. We have, we have just, uh, I've just seen uh, over the last two weeks ago, David Cameron, who was one of our uh, previous prime ministers, we seem to go through quite a lot. He stood down in 2016 after he lost the, uh, the debate, the referendum in regard to us leaving the EU. So 17 million 410,510 or round about that a million people with a, uh, with a majority of over a million voted to leave. And that vote was accepted. Cameron resigned. Cameron has just been welcomed back now as foreign secretary. He is not a member of parliament, so he had to be made a lord, literally. He is now, he has been made Lord Cameron, and he is now back in government. This is a man in 2011 that was warned in regard to getting us involved in bombing Libya. Gaddafi, and I am not, I am no defendant of Gaddafi in regard to certain things, but it seems that within Libya that actually 
from oil money and how he actually treated people, that certain people's lifestyle wasn't too bad at all, and social welfare. But Gaddafi made a very, very important statement. And he said, if you get rid of me, you will have a huge migration pro problem from North Africa. And he is absolutely right. You only have to look at recently what's happened in regard to Lambdusa, an island, an Italian island, and literally overnight, you know, 7,000 immigrants arrive a few weeks ago on this particular island and all the consequences of that. What we've got, and I observed this recently when I was at the Parliament of World Religions in Chicago, Dan, when our dear friend Carl Tigrib, who's far more of an expert on me on, on certain aspects, we talk about this. This whole thing of non-governmental organizations who are seeking to undermine the foundations and the laws of this country and to actually turn around and say, no, we know that um, as, as uh, ministers, you're trying to put forward this case to kick people out, but no, we're not gonna have that, we're gonna defend them. Because what happens is, is that in Calais, migrants will get there, there's been cases of various N NGOs then counseling them, giving them all the skills that they need, uh, to then so then when they come over, some of these people will then start to uh, plead for a you know for asylum and all this kind of thing. They have a mindset because they don't believe in in nation states anymore, Dan. That's what they don't. They have you know various training and a mindset, and that that is what it, that is what has gone on now. Just quickly, I want to read. I just want to read you something, not because I wrote it, but uh, I've just had the. Uh, I'm just going to do a shameless plug, if you don't mind. <laughs> I have just contributed a chapter to this book, and I've written about the uh, 78 pages of this book of 446 are about British politics. So I, I'll write another 200 pages and have my own book. But I just want to. I was trying to link up and show what's been going on over here and in the States. But David Cameron, David Cameron with John Kerry, the Davos insider, co-chairs Pew Botelli Ocean Ambassadors. He sits on the board of the One campaign. But here is the kicker. Cameron also sits on the global board of advisors at the Council of Foreign Relations. <laughs> the U.S. deep state think tank. We can't get away from these people, Dan. It's, it's, uh, it's horrifying. And suddenly this particular gentleman is then back in, back in government. Sorry, I've just, I've just spoken for a, for, uh, without taking a breath for quite a few minutes. I just wondered <laughs> if there was another, another question, because that, before before we get, I think before we get into di discussing these marches, which is really important, something has been uh, I have commented on uh, over the last few weeks, and I've found appalling, frankly. Um, 
that that's where we're at because what is fascinating is that our, our supreme court has said no in regard to the rwanda policy and then suddenly rishi sunak seems to have found his cojones and gone well we're going to ignore the uh, the european court of human rights we're going to ignore this now he was actually warned by suella benjamin that you know he need a plan b this may go against us and what we've got, exactly like you, you've got a uni party, two wings of the same bird. I've just mm. witched that. I've just witnessed, uh, watched that dreadful piece of work, Paul Ryan, going on about you know Trump and all the rest. Okay, that just saying that. But there they are, supposed to be from the same party. Really, we have got in our House of Lords, which is the second chamber. Most of the people in there, bar one or two that I can think of right now, they were never for us leaving the European Union. Never. They did whatever they could to fight that. The Conservative government in 2019, when they won the election, as Boris Johnson eventually, as we went from David Cameron to Theresa May, to then we went to Boris Johnson, who, we, who said... You know, we're going to take us out of Brexit. Let's get Brexit done. And and a load of us are relieved. Oh, isn't this fantastic? After we have literally, we we felt we were, had been fighting our own government. We've been fighting the House of Commons and we've been fighting the House of Lords for three years. Mm-hmm. And we're still, to be fair, we're still not out of the European Union in, in many ways with, with the laws, et cetera. But Boris Johnson, Boris Johnson comes in. And up north in the northern part of the country, Labour votes, socialist votes, then those seats turn to Conservative because a lot of these people have voted out of the EU. To give another context, within London, I know it might be led by Mayor Sadiq Khan, and he thinks it's the centre of the European, of the, of the Remainers' uh, resistance, but 40% of London has voted to leave the EU. Mm-hmm. And we have been severely let down by this government and a lot of the people in this country, severely let down because, as I've said earlier, the migration is needed to stop it hasn't. The people up north who voted the Red Wall, they seem, it seems as though that the Conservatives will end up losing quite a lot of these seats. We've suddenly seen this globalist come back, which to me is is uh, David Cameron, a man like Boris Johnson, that thought just because they've been to Eton, they just have a have a right to rule and, and a right to be uh, be prime minister. These two know it. These two know each other. They were in the Billingdon Club at Eton. They all they all know each other. So this is where this is where we are at, Dan, right now. Um, so I just wondered if you wanted to take it in another direction, because I, I want to talk about mm-hmm. the marches and what's been going on. Well, I do too, Mark. Uh, what I wanted to find out about was um, Southern Ireland, Ireland, mm. uh, that isn't part of the UK. I didn't realize they've, they've only got uh, 3 million uh, citizens in Southern Ireland. 
I think the population went down to three, went down to three, three million, and then I'll it's increased there. to five. It's increased to five million because of the migration that's come in to Southern Ireland. So, in other words, it's a bit. I mean, we've got this. You've got this on the Texas border because I've seen the traffic mm -hmm. increase. In other words, you've got then a strain on. Um, on oh, all uh, your services. On sure. all the services. Mm -hmm. So I'm just trying to think of the mayor, and maybe I'll I'll either quickly try and find it, because at the Parliament of World Religions, there was a, one of the mayors of, uh, of uh, Texas, I don't think it was in mm -hmm. Austin, I'll try and find him uh, the name at the moment, where as a as a you know we're a sanctuary city, or mm -hmm. we're here to we're here to help um, migrants as they come through. We're not here to ask for papers, and it was something like two hundred thousand, yeah. two hundred thousand. Now yeah. that I is... think that's the mayor of San Antonio. I think that's right. That's yeah. it. I heard him speak personally. Absolutely mm -hmm. right. The mayor of San Antonio, personally, I think he should be arrested for treason, but that's just my personal opinion. But the the fact is, is that the strain, as you quite rightly, the strain on the on on the on the local services. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because in, you know, there's if there's only uh, three million people that are paying the taxes to support this, you can't have that uh, that huge an immigration. Are they? Uh, are they nuts to allow that? Do they know? Do the average people have the ability to have any say on that? I mean, to increase your population by uh, sixty-seven percent uh, with illegal immigration—I mean, that's just insane. Well, no wonder they're yeah. rioting. The chairman's say there's an element, an element of of legal immigration because they're inviting they're inviting these people in now they have because of the the ukraine russian war there's been a lot of ukrainians that have been uh, let in and the country recently recently as well but yes now i'm not excusing people think it's a wonderful you know to go and get trainers out of foot locker and all the rest which has gone on however what is the message behind the message behind that because afterwards, now I hear, hear this this trope that they always throw at us that won't be surprising to you. Uh, this was led by, you know, the right wing. This is right wing activism. This right wing protest. Look at this. This classic thing. In other words, anyone, anyone. I mean, I, I, you know, I've had this thrown at me a number of times, and so have you. So when people throw that trope as "oh, you're right wing," well, let's just let's just examine this. Uh, I believe in small government. I believe in running my own business. I believe in low taxation. If we have low taxation, then in the end, if people are encouraged to run their own business, jobs, etc., create entrepreneurially, then in the end, the taxation revenue you get in is always far higher. It always mm -hmm. far higher. Mm -hmm. So, and then, of course, well, I believe in my country. Well, that makes you right-wing then. You must be a right-wing uh, nationalist. <laughs> well, yes, I am a nationalist mm -hmm. because I believe passionately in my country and right. I respect other countries. So 
this this whole trope it's like at the parliament of world religions this year when there was a seminar on the rise of right-wing nationalism and the threat to american democracy do you remember when we've done a previous show and i talked about that well you're not a democracy you're a representative constitutional republic with alienable rights and the fact mm -hmm. that very sadly a lot of the wonderful people that live in america actually don't even understand that with great respect i think a load of people have actually forgotten that <laughs> So you are not a democracy, and then, of course, you and I would have an interest in discussion that democracy equals mob rule. Um, so 51% then rule over the other 49%. So they throw that out, and what Leo V. Barakan, or whatever his name is, who, who heads up, uh, who is the leader of the T-Shock, as they call it there, as their prime minister, turned around and says it's all the it's all this right wingers that are are upset now again i say i'm not excusing the violence however there is an error there is people turning around and going we don't feel that this is our country anymore uh -huh. we are we're not you know we can't afford this or we can't afford that now look at this what then happened in southern ireland which has been which been happening over here was suddenly, ah, they've been trying to push through hate speech bills and all this and control of speech, control of what um, you can read on your phone or find on your computer. So suddenly there's a rush to put through, ah, now we've got an excuse, we've put this hate speech bills through as well. Then we're control-free speech. That's the next thing that's going on. What a, you know, and I'm going, well, hold on a minute. What's that got to do with what's happened? E.g., it's got everything to do with what's happened because they don't like people questioning what right. is actually unfolding. Mm -hmm. So that is also a reflection on other parts of Europe because the European Union, that's the other thing. It wants to bring in digi digital ID. That's another big push. We've had... Um, Here's another link in regard to relationships. So Tony Blair and an individual called William Hague, and I, I mentioned I mentioned them in my book and the chapter I've written for that book. Uh, William Hague is, I've, I was always led to believe, was a conservative uh, member of parliament. I think he's turning out to be a total globalist uh, uh, bag, really. Uh, it's a family show. I try and keep it clean. Now, he he stood down as a member of parliament and Rishi Sunak took his constituency. He then became an MP. But William Hague has been an advisor to Rishi Sunak. So then you could say that that's why David Cameron is suddenly back in cabinet because he's gone, oh, get, get David back. But William Hague has been pushing with Tony Blair for a digital ID. Again, going back to Tony Blair. Tony Blair, under his government, he then stood down as, parla as uh, Prime Minister in 2007, and he pushed public-private partnership, which you and I would turn around and say is another word for fascism. Mm -hmm. What do we mean? E.g., when a government is getting together with private private business to then push through 
you know, new builds, a certain uh, and a certain agenda, and all the rest. And we we saw all that. You you are a far more of a free market economy than than we are, and you stand for it's one of the beauties of America, the fact that you don't want to be bothered by government. You don't want government interference. We see a load of that. E.g. If we had needed to get, and this happened in the Blair, the Blair government, hospitals, new hospitals built, what would happen is those, those contracts were given out to private companies and the public sector ends up paying the interest, the interest, the interest on these public buildings and being built. And this interest is going on and on and on and on. It doesn't seem to end. So this whole thing of the means of the means of production, but this tie up, this tie up between the private sector and the public sector in a profoundly unhealthy way. Mm -hmm. So we've seen we're seeing uh, we're seeing a load of you know, we've seen a load of that, Dan, historically. But it is it is a huge it is a huge strain and um southern ireland very interesting round about i think 2010 11 there was a, a vote to join the eu or just before that they were asked they then said no and then they were asked to vote again because that's what the european union do if the first vote is no they will then ask you to do it again hoping that various people that voted no would have died off by then, you know, and all this kind of thing. And then they push it through and then they push, they then people voted to, uh, to join the EU. Then there was loads of investment and then the Southern Irish economy took off. It became the tiger economy as they called it. And then it crashed. Mm -hmm. And that is what, that is what happens. But also, as we've said, the migration compact, there is all this migration that that is uh, moving around. So that that is sort of one overview before we get to the marches and all the other things that are going on, which I am extremely passionate about. Um, that that is that is what that is what is actually going on, and it's the parallels. You cannot, even though you are a continent that is vast, you cannot swallow this constant stream of thousands, if not millions yeah, of many, immigrants. Many, yeah. into, we can't, yeah, into mm -hmm. your country. It can't be done. And also, there's an ideology. We're concerned about what people beliefs are. We're concerned about, do they, are they actually going to buy into the Constitution of the United States? Of course not. They've come through the back door. I mean, I've seen, um, I've seen Owen, Owen Troyer, a number of months ago when he was down at the border and the buses are coming over the border, the buses are then loading up illegal immigration with blackened out windows, then driving over the border and then being dispersed in various parts of Texas. Mm -hmm. It's caucus needs to be arrested and charged with treason, let alone Biden. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, Mark, in the United States, and I, we, we really estimate that the number of illegal immigrants right now in the United States that have come over 
in the last 15 years or so in the neighborhood of 32 million people. Now, you think about that. That's 10% of our population. And because uh, you, you've got a population around about 330, 328, 30 million people, haven't you? Yeah, exactly. 330, 340. So, you know, if, if you bring uh, 32 million people over, uh, that has a huge impact on your, uh, well, not only your, your uh, public services that, you know, schools and medical and all the rest. But look at what an impact that has on uh, internal strife, on uh, all the things that uh, make a nation a nation. This is why they're doing it. The globalists are doing this push for completely open borders because they want to eliminate any sense of national unity. They want us to be, and I'm saying us, I mean the whole world, they want the whole world to be this this uh, uh, uncoordinated, uh, kind of lost, different, uh, the way I would refer to it as a, a whole a society of mutts where nobody even has any national identity at all, and nobody has even a sense of family uh, any longer. They, they're trying to eliminate anything that allows us to identify with a particular group of people. I, I couldn't agree with you more. And um, uh, it's not changing the subject, but it's also, it, this is affirming uh, na national groups, affirming our culture. Um, you know, one of my favorite soundtracks from, and one of my favorite films is The Magnificent Seven one of my all-time favorite films and i love the soundtrack and i much to uh some people i play that on a regular basis because i find it inspiring mm -hmm. and um we then think about some you know the john wayne films directed by uh, ford as well these are americana to me this is mm -hmm. this is cultural you know the good the bad and the ugly and all the rest this is mm -hmm. americana and and also, and of course, you know, we're not saying we're not saying uh, that everything our country has done is perfect. But I'll tell you what, we're not saying that it's all bad either. Right, right, exactly. We survived for uh, uh, two hundred and thirty years mm. as a, uh, a united country, and mm. had uh, we we literally have created the wealth that the whole world has has been able to uh, enjoy. And by wealth, I mean a lot of different kinds of wealth, not just money. I'm talking industry. I'm talking technology. I'm talking uh, modern uh, equivalents, modern society equivalents. Uh, the reason that our country has so much wealth is because we've allowed people to use their ingenuity and create a, a different kind of culture. And now they're trying to destroy that. And, and, and it's happening all over the world. Well, you're, I mean, the piece of paper, as we've so often said, and I can think of uh, 
Rupert Darwell's book, Green Tyranny, not too far from where I'm sitting, where he says, you know, in the opening statement of that, which is the piece of paper that stands in the way of uh, global government, is the Constitution of the United States. And there is a full frontal attack on your nation. America has to go in regard to it's it's ethos what it stands for and all the rest and that's why and one of the reasons why we've seen you know all these marches and pro hamas marches and i'll call it that um and the undermine the undermining of of nations what this really means and suddenly swallowing socialism and all the rest and we'll come on to that but absolutely right that's why you know i mean even i mean we joke about it but i uh, look you know, I look at some of the television programs that I grew up with that are American, like the Six Million Dollar Man, you know, Hawaii Five-O, Starskin Hutch, and all the rest. They are Americana to me. We, rem I remember, you know, and I'm not that old, but I remember even writing an essay when I was at school about um, Ronald Reagan uh, beating Jimmy Carter in the 1979 presidential election. Little did I know, all these many years later, I'd have the absolute privilege and delight to be able to have these conversations on the internet. But, you know, we think about that. We think about Reagan's speeches. We sadly think about how he was duped at that time in regard to immigration. Said, so, well, if you pardon all these people, then it, then it, then it's going to stop. Um, and then, you know, we remember his saying, you know, the number of words that you that you should fear, you know, hello, we're from the government and we're here to help you. And and as I've said constantly, unless you go to unless you go to America, unless you travel around, you will not understand it. You will not understand it. You have to absolutely ingratiate yourself with it and you have to understand and understand that each that's why your theme tune at the front of the show is so wonderful because it's also addressing all the separate states of the united states of america with all their different cultural differences and there is cult, massive cultural differences if we you know, we look at Texas, we look at Alamo, we look at the the Mexican uh, wars and that down there, and then we go up to North Dakota, uh, bordering on uh, bordering on Canada. We go into Montana and all the rest, and everything in between, and the flyover states. It's so different. It's so mm -hmm. different. That's why when Hillary Clinton, that uh, despicable piece of work, turns around and says, you know, the basket of deplorables and the fact that they only wanted people in uh, New York or in uh, Washington or in Los Angeles deciding the president, deciding politically that any future at any time of the United States of America. And then we think, you know, I was just thinking of, what San Francisco's become, you know, Nancy right. Pelosi's backyard. It's awful, absolutely mm -hmm. dreadful. And and I remember, you know, I remember the television show, you know, Streets of San Francisco and all the rest. These are things I I grew up on, but it's it's to me it's it's Americana and particularly uh, Western films. But that is that is your nation, and then suddenly people can go from zero down to to working hard and making millions and millions of, of dollars and working hard to do that. But it's having you then have the setup 
to actually do that. Everyone in the United States of America has an opportunity if they're willing to work hard to do to do that you you know for a long long time you've had an ethos where it says we're going we're going to be in a situation where we're going to try and make sure that the amount of money you earn as much of that actually stays in your pocket so you can then create other businesses invest in this invest in people and all the rest and and then your philanthropy your philanthropic but Suddenly to be in a situation where, and we've discussed this, where the last sort of 120 years of, of uh, American history has been about undermining America, mm-hmm. has been about destroying it. Now, uh, a few days ago, uh, an individual just died called Henry Kissinger. Oh, yeah. Which is which is a subject. Screw, which that, is a, they'd screw yeah. that bastard into the ground. They couldn't bury him. They'd have to screw him into the ground. And of course, people would, people would, I was wondering if uh, what kind of reaction I would get <laughs> from you and you, and you did it absolutely right. They, you know, people have got no idea what some of these dreadful, dreadful people have been up to where you and I both, you know, we look at the Biden crime family, as far as I'm concerned, these people that have, benefited from America for so many years and years is like with Barack Hussein Obama and all the rest. But all they want to do is it's like with the Clintons, all they want to do is destroy it. Destroy it on behalf of on behalf of everyone else. And and you and I turn around and go, why? Why do you want to do that? It's like when we voted to leave the EU, we had young people thinking, oh well I can't go to Europe anymore. Or what? Of course, you could go to Europe. Mm-hmm. It just means that um, got to make sure, even more so, that you're going to take your passport and you're going to do that. And then you get turned around and say, "Oh, well, that must mean that you don't like Europe, Mark." I say, "I love Europe, but I don't want to be ruled by 26 unelected commissioners." Exactly. And we have handed, and we still have. We've we've handed the running of our country to to a bunch of globalist bureaucrats. And it's where America is. America's turning around and going, are we running the country or is the Chinese running the country? Well, I wanted to talk about that because the EU and Brexit uh, was a big deal in the UK. And the fact is is that uh, the leadership in the UK has been uh, skirting around trying to get people to forget that you actually voted for Brexit and uh, trying to just go ahead and get into the EU anyway. I think you're you're absolutely right. Um, it's very inter- it it's been very painful because um, the the EU is trying to punish us with the whole uh, migration issue. I believe that it's really trying to punish us because France could easily stop these people, these uh, migrants coming over. They won't, even if they are paid a lot of money to do so. And there's been these cases of, you know, gendarmerie, policemen that are assigned to do that, and they're not doing that. They're either spending far too much time in certain hotels, drinking a pina colada equivalent, and there has been some exposure exposure of that. Um no, you're right. I mean, there are thousands. I think there's still, you know, four thousand law, laws plus to get rid of it. 
when we when we joined the uh the common market as it was then under ted heath mm -hmm. in 1973 when ted heath had won the election a couple of a couple of years earlier i think or maybe even in 1970 and then saying um that in a small paragraph within the manifesto i will be taking us into the common market um this whole thing of of geopolitics the Suez the Suez crisis was a turning point for us at that time where we decided to not look to America anymore and I think um Macmillan it was interesting because Macmillan I think was a distant relative of uh, JFK and then turning from America to look to Europe and we were taken in. Jean, Jean Monnet, one of the architects of the European, of the common market, then became mm -hmm. the Federal States of Europe. Uh, with Arthur Salter, they both had a seat on the League of Nations. And they then, uh, Jean Monnet, he mentored Ted Heath. They don't talk about this, but he mentored him. We were taken in. The amount of paperwork, um, there's a, there is a small link to this on YouTube, it's something like it looked like about six feet off the ground with the amount of paperwork that, that all these regulations that were that were mm -hmm. signed. Mm -hmm. And we went from because basically you could argue from the Second World War very easily that we we really became a pseudo socialist country and we have been ever since. Once we'd lost empire and all the rest, we had. Mm -hmm. Now, we went in into this unelected body where Nigel Farage, uh, other people had, but recently him, became the antithesis, the figurehead of us leaving. And we still have not rescinded all these laws, and the Conservative Party have not done it. They should have done this from day one. They haven't. You're absolutely right. They have dragged dragged and dragged and dragged their feet. Mm -hmm. um, I wrote about it in in that, in that book about uh, talking about civil servants like Ollie Robbins. In other words, you have got, one of the big things that's supposed to happen when you have a new administration, and I think this is where Trump, to be fair, got into trouble, where a new administration comes in and then basically you've got to turf everyone out. And then you and I both know there was a load of Obama hang on left, right and center, you know, within the, you know, within various, uh, various layers of government. We have discovered that our civil service, when you look at, um, like, David Cameron, then Theresa May, and you discover that a certain civil servant who is in charge of the cabinet office and all of this, they go from one prime minister to another. And in one case, they go from one prime minister of one party and are still there for another prime minister from a different party. And then you start to think, hold on a minute, who is actually running the country here? Now, You've got, on your side of the pond now, you have Andy Hilton. And Andy Hilton used to work uh, work with um, 
David Cameron was was someone that was trying to oversee policy, et cetera, et cetera. What was fascinating is that Andy Hilton with a, a well-known uh, podcaster over here uh, called Trigonometry revealed the fact that when he tried to put in policy in this country, that it was virtually it was such an uphill task because the civil servants were in the way all the time and they would be stopping policy. Now, I discussed this with you in a lovely uh, conversation that we had in Des Moines late one evening around the table with uh, all our friends there. Mm -hmm. And I advised everyone to watch a very, very well-known and famous uh, BBC television show called Yes Minister, now, Yes Minister was the antithesis of basically showing like a behind the scenes of using comedy of like a government minister or a, a Yes Prime Minister it went into. Now, I understand that one of the writers of that, might have been the full writers of that, was a guy called Peter Jay. And Peter Jay was an ex, um, I think, British ambassador uh, to America, I, th I believe. We'll have to check that mm. out. But what people don't realize is that in 1992, then updated in 97 and even recently updated, was what's called the Ministerial Code. That came in, which has restricted ministers in what they could do and control them. So the elites, the blob, as we call it, the civil servants have recently got rid of a deputy prime minister, which happened to be Dominic Raab. And also, they have then contributed to getting rid of, and he has got loads of thoughts, COVID being one, to get rid of Boris Johnson as well. Hmm. And then we discover that we have a lady called Sue Gray, who was in, who was a top civil servant within the government office, basically, um, what's the word, being a little bit, treasonous, passing stuff on to the opposition mm. uh, leader, Keir Starmer, and then as a back channel. And then eventually she's now gone to work for Keir Starmer in his office. She she resigned, supposed to go on garden leave. Now she's uh, working in his office. Her son, her son has just uh, been uh, nominated to be a potential uh, prospective parliamentary candidate for the Labour Party, which Sue, which Sue Gray now works for, for a London, a London borough of Penge, of Beckenham and Penge. Now, I'm sorry, but as far as I'm concerned, um, he's then this particular gentleman, according to Guido Fawkes, it's been very convenient for him to talk about the fact that his mother had a contribution in getting rid of Boris Johnson and all the rest. What I'm saying is it's a little bit incestuous. It's a little bit incestuous. And we are fighting the blob. We are fighting this elite London-centric group of people that do not want us to leave the, Euro the European Union whatsoever. And um, a, very, a very brilliant commentator over here called Peter Whittle, who runs what's called the New Culture Forum, came up with a fantastic phrase. He said, you've got some, a lot of people that are at what's called anywheres and some who are called somewheres. 
Now, I'm one of those people that mm. are called somewhere, e.g., I'm in my country, I'm proud of, proud of its history, I believe in its country, and I will fight for this country. The bottom line is this. The anywheres don't really believe in the country that they reside in. They could just go anywhere. So that's where people say they have far more of a sort of a global a global outlook is what the, what they say. In other words, if you say to them, "Are you proud of the country that you come from? Are you proud of you know of of your nation state?" They would be absolutely appalled by that. And re and what they have done for people like me and others, for those that voted out, um, and it is 17,410,752 people with a majority of over a million to get the figure right, they voted out. And those afterwards, those people have been denigrated by saying, oh, they didn't know what they were voting for and all this kind of thing. They did know what they were voting for. They were voting to be representative. They were voted to turn around and say, well, hold on a minute. This is our country. We want the power to come back and it's not go to 26 unelected commissioners. So in a roundabout way, I do apologize, Dan, it's been a bit long-winded. In a roundabout way, we are still fighting this because... Mm -hmm. If in the next election, and we will have an election next year, you've got a whatever happens, you've got the one of the most, I think, the most important presidential election in your history next year. No, no question. In fact, we had the most important one uh, three years ago, and uh, we found out how that turned out. Uh, obviously, and we haven't changed most of the things that allowed that kind of uh, fraud to to exist. We haven't changed them. Well, no, you haven't. And uh, getting rid of Dominion voting machines, getting rid of Smartomatic software, getting rid of all this kind of thing. And I think this this could be, if I can politely say, this could be quite a good segue thumper at, at this particular point, because I think... You know, we come back to, I think, one of the most important subjects of recent history that's just happened in your nation, which is January the 6th. You've just had my dear friend uh, David Summerall on your show. And as David has said, every single thing that David said about Jan 6 on the uh, 8th of January 21 with myself, when uh, he and I had a discussion, and I was privileged to have that with him, he's He's been proven absolutely right. And we have still got all these prisoners from Jan 6. They are still in jail. They have not been released. They're, they're, you have gulags in America. All these people mm -hmm. have been put in. And uh, and the suffering, the suffering that they had. And Thumper, thank you. Because if people want to buy something for Christmas, then please go and buy... Uh, now there's an offer on because there's a second book that's come out for the American Gulag Chronicles. Then go and buy these books because uh, families are seriously, seriously uh, suffering. There's also an auction that's being launched called the 12 Days of Christmas. And uh, 
Thank you very much indeed. You are amazing. I'm glad I've emailed these in advance. Thank mm -hmm. you, uh, Randy, very much. So the 12 Days of Christmas, this is a benefit auction that people can uh, participate through till December the 12th. I make no... I make no apologies for this because this is really important. These people are political prisoners. And as far as I'm concerned, why they haven't been released yet, but it's all political, um, they, need to, they need to be released. People have lost houses. They've lost cars. We've seen uh, people arrested, the abuse by the FBI, etc. Um, the children suffering in these situations because they've got one parent in prison. So, yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. press it away. The days go, of Christmas go for auction it. is an exciting yeah. series of online silent bid auctions with great items and gifts up for bid to help fill your Santa's wish list. Maybe even find a little something special for yourself. Holidays are a time for families, fellowship, and celebrations. It's a time to create fond memories for life and remember the special reason for our gathering together. But there are many children who will not have that kind of Christmas this year because a parent will not be there to share. The children of January 6th prisoners are often forgotten as victims of that day, but they need your support and love more than ever as we enter a third year of their imprisonments. A moral society always protects the innocents and defenseless, and these children and families are certainly that. So register for this fun benefit auction series as a bidder today and get ready for 12 days of fun-filled bidding and help support this great cause. Be an angel to a child this Christmas. Sign up as a donor or bidder today. Yeah, and Mark, that is, is so absolutely true. I mean, uh, the, we we literally would never have believed, I wouldn't have believed uh, as a kid that we would have political prisoners in this country, uh, especially political prisoners that believed in our Constitution and our Bill mm -hmm. of Rights. I mean... You know, it's it's one thing if it were people who hated this country and were here to try to destroy this country, like Antifa <laughs> and, yeah. and some of these other groups. But the fact is, is we the political prisoners we've got in this country are the people that believe in it, and the ones that are out and have free access to everything are the ones that want to destroy this country. That's how far we've slipped. That's how far we've gone down the wrong road. I couldn't. I couldn't. Uh, I couldn't agree with you more. And as we now know, um, and dear uh, David Summerall from StotHate.com has just you know done incredible, incredible work. Mm -hmm. a great, and uh, be embarrassed for me saying it, but a great personal. Cost, cost, you yeah, know, in regard absolutely. to time and financially, that that is the that is the truth of it. But this is the reality that we're in, where thousands of people go go on January sixth, go on that day to exercise their constitutional rights peacefully. And as has just been shown, I mean, Johnson has just the Speaker of the House has has just thrown these films uh, films out. Something that David has been going on for a long, 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 long time. And then we've seen the body cam of, let's just say it, we've seen the body cam of the policemen, and there they are. They've got flash flashbang grenades in their hand, and they're throwing them into patriotic crowds, and they started the riot. They started it. That's it, period. And 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 people then defended themselves. What else are you supposed to do? And then, sadly, 
appallingly out of that, um, and I need to get the names right, but Ashley Babbitt, Kevin Greeson, Benjamin uh, Benjamin's Phillips and Roseanne Boylan, and Officer Signick are then uh, killed, died that day, mm -hmm. or died, or in Officer Signick's case, because of of uh, of just not being treated for being unwell by members of his own side, in a couple of days later dies, and mm -hmm. then but the others murdered on the day, and and then all of that that's covered up, and then like in Roseanne Boylan's case, when they turn around saying, "Oh, the bullet, you know, the woman's full of drugs, and that's why she died, and all this kind of thing." I mean. Yeah. It's, yeah. And then you've got Leroy Bird, you know, shooting Ashley Babbitt. I mean, this is this is just, uh, etc. This is just outrageous, outrageous. And there's still this injustice going on. Why, you know? I mean, I, I'll call it out. You know, when uh, when uh, dear David travels thousands of miles, thousands of miles to drive from uh, his home to Washington D.C. at his own personal cost. And there he is sitting in front of uh, uh, a committee, a special committee, you know, and it's like, oh, Matt Gates may mention his name, but please, can you, uh, you know, Matt, can you do me a favour? Can you actually ask him to actually speak? Mm. You know, give give this man a voice. And of course, we've 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 noticed we've noticed the uh, the grifters out there and the individuals that then appear on Steve Bannon's show and all the rest. I'll just say it how it is because it's true. And this is an outrage, an absolute outrage. And um, I hope in time that uh, that people will actually honour. I mean, it'd be embarrassed for me to even say it. I know that, but actually to honour him for the work that he's done mm -hmm. and the three videos. And if people haven't seen them, if they haven't seen uh, Thousand Days of Terror, the little trailer there, then go on uh, go on his website of stophate.com mm -hmm. and and look and look this up because on that day people were exercising their democratic right and what's happened is and this is all this is all combined you've just had the mayor of so we've got the mayor of San Antonio that should be arrested for you know, two hundred thousand illegals coming in, we're going to help them. They're part of um, a particular group that basically argue are against America and what mm -hmm. it and what it stands for as a right? sovereign republic. As, as a sovereign, a, as a sovereign ab republic. Absolutely, they believe in globalism. They believe mm. in global socialism. Mm. That uh, these same people are the same people who swear an oath to uphold, protect, and defend the Constitution of the United States. They are liars. They are dishonest. They are uh, people who uh, are the epitome of what we would consider treason by our own U.S. code and our own Constitution. They are doing things that are intentionally to destroy the United States of America as a constitutional republic, and yet they get away with it. But the people who go to Washington, D.C. on January 6th to tell their elected leaders lawfully that they're concerned about the election process and they want a full investigation. Instead, they end up in jail. Well, absolutely, and then it, and, and then it takes you know, David's been banging on about this for since, uh, you know, 
January uh, January the eighth, two thousand and twenty-one. Mm-hmm. And and everything that he said is not about someone being clever. It's about someone quite rightly being as a true patriot, passionate for their country, giving out the facts. Now, on on and on and on and on and on about it. And then I know I know of other people that have turned around and said, no, that that can't be true. Look, they've got what they deserved. Excuse me. Now no. suddenly no. they've seen more video footage. I mean, you showed the other day where um, the video footage that the uh, the podcast of Mr. Reagan, who is excellent mm-hmm. podcaster, actually showed uh, mm-hmm. the footage that were, was put together by David, showed it on his podcast. And then it's like, well, here we are, you know, the Fed surrection. This uh, this is what is actually going on. And I'm and I've said it. I've said it publicly. Um, I've been sad that not enough Americans have spoken out about this. Well, that they uh... haven't. And, and Mark, one of the things that uh, bothers me is that we are forgetting these January 6th prisoners. We are forgetting their families. These people went out of their way, and it's men and women, went out of their way to try to uh, save this country and save the election system in this country. Now, we've got uh, Donald Trump is going through literally through hell right now in the court systems because they are so concerned. The globalists absolutely hate this man, and they are so concerned about him getting back into office. They will do anything. And I, when I say anything, I mean anything to stop him. And uh, they are going to do anything to stop him. Well, guess what, folks? We've got Christmas coming around. We've got a bunch of these uh, families that are still have prisoners in the American Gulag system, several hundred of them, and we need to make sure that we remember these people. And I, I'm absolutely telling people, get out your your uh, checkbook and send some money into this process. I guarantee you that David Sumrall is not getting a dime of this. He has spent much of his own fortune, his own income, trying to support January 6th prisoners. It's time for Americans to get off their lazy behinds and at least support some of these people uh, who their families are still in the American gulag system. I mean, well, I, I I I completely concur, and without embarrassing him, I've uh, you know, I've I've seen what he's given up for this, and it's true. And okay. um, and no, unlike maybe some other people, there's no grifting here. There's no making any money out of this whatsoever in regard to the book. The book money 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 is raised by the selling of the book, or it's the cost of printing it. But every single dime, where it can, where as much as possible outside the printing of that, goes back to helping helping the prisoners. And I'm sorry, but you know more of these books need to be sold. And uh, there is a there is a there is a resistance, and there is where people on the board 
uh, greater than me are trying to do whatever they can so we can increase the circle to get it out there because you know as well as I do within our own sort of truth of circles it, it can become very very small we've exhausted everything and and we've seen the power of the media where we're trying to get mainstream yes it went on it went on uh, it went on Tucker etc etc and we've seen the fact that various people Fox included they haven't wanted to discuss Jan 6 whatsoever. We know we know the collusion. We see the collusion. Um, you know, Liz Cheney and the rest, and uh, one uh, one big appalling committee of utter of utter lies. If yeah, we actually absolutely. say, to, if we actually say to people that on that day that they what they wanted more carnage. I mean, it's a very hard thing to actually get to get your to get your head around, but to see how it's orchestrated, see Nancy Pelosi going through the tunnels, followed by her, her niece with a camera and all this. The whole thing is one big, one big setup. The fact that you refuse the National Guard, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. and also you actually set up a police force as well. On 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 the day you set them up, you're not equipping mm -hmm. certain people properly, but also there is a total abuse. If people think it's perfectly acceptable to fire, you know, look like pellets, flashbang grenades, or whatever into into a patriotic crowd with women and children, I'm sorry, this is disgusting. But we look at how things have been edited, body cams are only. You know, cameras has only been re released and all and all the rest, and and it it need it needs to be out there. There is no doubt about it. Where David has talked about, you know, this is out to Tiananmen Square, etc., etc., etc. We we see all that, but you're absolutely right. Um, it's well, you know we all, we you're right as in that how they fear Trump and what they are trying to do. I've never seen anything like it through no. through the courts. The weaponization. The, the the globalists have come so close to taking over the entire world. Now, if if you're that stupid that you want our whole uh, system of government to be collapsed and you want to be taken over under a totalitarian technocratic system where a handful of people decide the fate for the entire world, and these same people are eugenicists by their very mm. own mm. descriptions and plan mm. on getting rid of 90% of the people who currently occupy the Earth's surface. If you really truly believe that this is what you want, then you are an absolute nitwit or a raving maniac. You've got to be one or the other because this is not what we want our world to be. And it's the most anti-Christian, hateful, diabolical rhetoric in the world. And uh, believe me, we should be buying all these books. We should, they, they should have sold at least a million copies of the American Gulag Chronicles by now. And if you are an adult and you're looking for uh, gifts for adult children or for family members or for friends or whatever, get online, order uh, 10, 20, 30 copies of the American Gulag Chronicles 
and send them to all your friends. I mean, this is not that tough a deal to figure out. People need to participate. You cannot stand back and let this stuff happen and expect anything positive to turn out from it. It won't work that way. Well, I, I agree. And I'm as I'm as frustrated as you are about about the lack of the lack of engagement. Mm -hmm. And uh I think you see, and I mean, I have this. I have this discussion with certain individuals all the time, and and I I come to this. You know, I mean, you know, you know my, you know my beliefs and all the rest. The bottom line is, is that we are called to, we are called to keep pushing back and sound the alarm right up to the last minute. I believe of 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 Jesus's return. It's as simple as that. We are called to occupy until he returns. We're not called to sit back on our butts and do absolutely nothing. I don't I don't believe that. And now I know with certain people I know, you know, I would then lose uh, lose loads of friends in in that regard. And 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 this is a nice this I think this is an important segue here. Mm -hmm. um, on the streets over here, we have seen Palestinian, pro-Palestinian marches, you know, uh, over the last uh, virtually every single Saturday in various parts of the country, mainly in London. So on October the seventh, and I'm not, I'm not going to get into the weeds of the fact that there was a security failure. The fact that uh, Caroline Glick, the wonderful uh, Israeli journalist and ex uh, IDF uh, captain, who do, who does a fantastic podcast and, and and work for JNS News, and if people are not in touch with that, then then get in touch with it and see us stuff. And Caroline raised a couple of days ago that. Certain generals, certain people were warned that Hamas were building up for some kind of attack like this. So let's just go straight to the jugular. That's why I'm saying uh, we'll work hard to to find out a way of contacting uh, Cynthia Farat because she lays mm -hmm. all this out and is outstanding. Well, um, her Ma Mark, I'm I'm not uh, trying to interrupt you, but I'm gonna no. I'm I'm gonna say something. We need to we need to understand one thing. All these different groups, and I don't care if it's the Palestinians, if it's the 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 uh, uh, Israelis, the Americans, the Russians, the Chinese, you name it. Every one of these groups is being used to promote the global agenda, and. Are there guilty people that are in these various groups? Sure there are, because that's the way the system is designed. But the problem is, it's it's like uh, Netanyahu talk, uh, doing his speech, and he said, this is our 9-11 event. I couldn't agree with him more. It was his 9-11 event, and we know that 9-11 was a setup. We know that 9-11 was a setup to get us involved in a real bloody nightmare mess that lasted 20 years, cost $8 trillion, cost uh, almost a million lives in the various people that were killed, 
and God knows how many maimed. I mean, probably three times, four times that number, okay? And in the end, we ended up leaving $80 billion worth the equipment in Afghanistan so that they could sell it around the world. I mean, you do I believe that uh, what happened in Israel was their 9-11 event? Absolutely, I do. And uh, who knows what the purpose is, but I think the purpose is to clear, completely clear Gaza, uh, get every person out of Gaza, uh, send them to Egypt or wherever uh, to get rid of them. And I, I think that's the purpose of it. Now, am I absolutely sure of that? No. But look at all the innocent people that get killed in all these things because these global assholes, and I'm saying it because that's what they are, these global assholes have these plans to uh, cr create the nightmare scenarios that they've created so they can ultimately get rid of 90% of us and own and control everything. And as Klaus Schwab would say, we will own nothing and we will be happy. Well, guess what? You can kiss my royal red, you know what? <laughs> <laughs> okay, now I'm done with my- Well, speech. it's, it's uh, if, if we go back to, I mean, there's some of that I want to answer because there is, mm -hmm. a, there is a huge thing here. There's a huge thing. And I stand on this. I make no. I make no apology for this, mm -hmm. because Bible eschatology is at the centre of this, and it is a It is very, very difficult. You're absolutely right, as Caroline Glick laid out. There was huge failures. There were. They were being. They were being warned for a year, maybe even longer. That of what's going on now, <clears throat> before various people accuse us of being sounding like Alex Jones. Those discussions are out there, okay? <laughs> now, did Netanyahu also turn Israel into a Pfizer lab? That cannot be denied either. Boiler and relationships there as well, and the pushing of jabs. Well, the pushing of jabs in America, the pushing of jabs over here, the pushing of jabs in all the different countries around the world. That cannot be denied as well. But what is also we have to we would end up going through a load of history, and this is my perspective of how we see it in regard to how Israel has come about, the Balfour Agreement, and all the rest. I stand on that. I I am not, you know, I'm not going to move from that. I have to say that to you. But the key issue is this: Do I want to see the 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 uh, the casualties on both sides? No, I don't. But on the 7th of October, a pogrom happened. And the events of that, what has happened that day, was just awful. But the fact, is, the fact is, is that a state is then told within two days, oh, don't respond, don't do this, don't that. I mean, I would sit here and argue and say to you that they should never have left Gaza in 2005 anyway. But when they left, they left businesses. 
they a big, huge horticultural construct to actually run businesses and all the rest. And there's Hamas that then vote, it's voted in. It then kills all people from Fatah. It then becomes this. It's a genocidal cult that is an idea, an ideology of creating a worldwide caliphate. And what I have seen on the streets of London and in other parts and other cities on this country where people have been on pro-Palestine marches, well, that whole thing of, you know, Palestinians, Philistia, Hadrian, 135, Palestinian as a people group, not existing, you can say, until 1967 when they lost when uh, when uh, they lost control of full control of Jerusalem, yeah. yeah, and Israel then gains that for the first time in over two thousand years, but mm-hmm. but the fact is, in London, in London, there's a gentleman in North London called uh, Mohammed Sawala. I understand that he is then connected with Hamas. You may even say that he's one of the founding members of Hamas. He is also linked with the uh, Muslim Association of Britain. His son uh, sits on the same board. He would stop the war campaign, which is a very socialist worker, socialist group, and then been organizing these marches. Mm-hmm. They, If you then go to the fact that the top people of Hamas are staying in very, very expensive hotels in Qatar, and this is why I want you to get Cynthia Farat on to oh, discuss yeah. this. As well, Cynthia as Cynthia talks about the fact that there are card carrying members of the Muslim Brotherhood within within Qatar, that this whole thing of when that's founded in nineteen twenty-eight, the links with the the Grand Mufti of uh, Berlin in the Second World War. She goes through fascinating history of talking about the links with it, with Kaiser Wilhelm and all the rest. And as Christians, if we say Ephesians 6, if we talk about the fact that, you know, we're not fighting flesh and blood, but principalities and powers, these are the evil forces that we are dealing with. Mm -hmm. And what is uncomfortable, what is really, really uncomfortable is that the actions of Hamas on that on that day, the ideology says that this is how you should perform. You should then um, then commit genocide. Then you take uh, take hostages. This is how you should uh, perform. I mean, it's shocking because what's happened is it's getting the proof. And Qatar has just had the World Cup. And there is using that money to fund universities and all of this around the world. One of the things that she talks about is Georgetown University, one of your American universities, Mm -hmm. then has a satellite university in Qatar and recently then facilitated a meeting between, I think, the Republic of Iran and there is other Muslim Brotherhood discussions and all the rest. Going back the couple of weeks ago, and I was on a um, Zoom call with some very brave young Jewish Americans who are pushing back. In Washington, George Washington University, there is projected against the side of the building to our glorious martyrs and all this kind of thing. 
So the Muslim Brotherhood suddenly within America, within this country, is then on the streets. And then we have people singing from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free, which is a genocidal agenda. Right. And if we go through, I make no apologies for this, mm -hmm. but we go back biblically, we go back to 135, we go back to Philistia, we go back to Hadrian destroying the temple, dispersing, and the Jewish people then dis dispersed about the around the world. With all the history of pogroms, attack, and, and the 7th of October is, is a pogrom, if we holocaust all the rest, if we go through that of this history of persecution, persecution, then the establishment of the land and the British, of course, the British had a mandate from 1918 under Balfour up until then we were there in 1947, creating Transjordan and all the rest. What I'm saying is you look at this tiny nation that's the size of New Jersey, that is the size of Wales over here, and you look at all of the other Muslim countries with one and a half billion Muslims and all the rest living in those countries, and they're not all jihadists. Let's just say that for a start. Mm -hmm. And you go from North Africa, you go from Algiers, you look at Morocco, you go across the top, Libya, you then come into Egypt, you then go to Iran, Iraq, and other Middle Eastern countries. In 1948, on the 14th of May, when the independence of the Israeli state is then declared, on the 15th of May, five Arab states then attack it, cold, cold, with this sort of people population around about 40 million. At the end of that war, when they're establishing them, Israel takes into its country 600,000 Jewish refugees, and the other Arab states around, which are vast, Egypt as a nation is vast, refuse to take in 850,000, what they then, what we would then, of course, they had just finished, then Palestinian or Arabs. Mm -hmm. They refuse to take those people in <clears throat> because it's constantly be, been these, these refugees, these refugees, that's why they have UNRWA, their own private refugee department within the UN. Am I then saying, you know, uh, the <laughs> awful killing that goes on is horrendous. But you then look at 1956, you then look at 1967, you then look at 1973, you look at the amount of arm armaments the Soviet Union, I think it amounts to 75,000 tons, pumped into the Middle East to then attack Israel. At times, it is. it seems very, very complex. And I will say this. When they get accused of they don't have a mandate for the West Bank, yes, they do. That's legally theirs, as in Gaza. And they then withdrew out of Gaza to try and create a separate Palestinian state with the Palestinians. This is what we've had on the streets. People, you can't even have these kinds of discussions. They were offered a two-state solution in 1936. 
1947, you could argue 1956, you could argue in 1967, then you go to the year 2000, 2006, you go to the Camp David Accords, you go to Oslo. And I'm sorry, but there will not, there cannot be, in my opinion now, and especially after the 7th of October, a two a two state solution. You cannot have a state next door to a bunch of people that are that are firing rockets into your country every every other five minutes. And the problem is, the problem is, and it is, I know it's very emotive. I feel very emotive about it on the streets when I'm I'm hearing things being said about friends of mine. Oh, it's not about land. It's about the fact that we wish to wipe out 15 million Jews. And that is actually what they want to do. The ideology around the world wants to actually do that. It's profoundly uncomfortable. I don't make any apologies for the fact that I've got two King, two Star of David flags behind me. I don't make mm -hmm. any apologies for that. But the fact, the fact that this is what's unfolding, and it's unfolding in our universities, I have been quite shocked, Dan, I hadn't realized what has been going on, and suddenly the anti-Semitism. In Australia, outside the Sydney Opera House, some young guy calling for the gassing of Jews. I never would have thought in my lifetime, and this affects friends of mine, in my lifetime that I would see this. And I have had one of the most powerful experiences of my life was standing in the gas chambers at Auschwitz. It's something that I will never, ever forget. And I stood there. Now, are there tons of different things playing at the same time? Yes, there is. Mm -hmm. And one of the biggest, I say it respectfully because I'm thinking of certain individuals immediately already, we do have to we do have to have i believe the bible in the one hand and we have events in the other as spurgeon says and we have to keep an eye on that and sometimes within the truth of movement maybe if you're not a christian fine but if you are we we've just got to bear we've got to bear this in mind because it's looking at the left this is victimization victimology the left supported Israel in 1948, supported it for many, 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 many years. And you could argue right up until 1967. Now the left have taken on, have combined with Islam. And that is an interesting subject to look at. And that is very much pushed by a Muslim Brotherhood ideology. This is not popular to discuss, but on the street, excuse me, on the streets of London, we've seen people scrambling all over our memorials to our war dead, which I find disgusting. Mm -hmm. They should have been arrested, but maybe later on the next day as the Metropolitan Police will go and arrest these people, which is what they do, to be slightly fair. But on the other hand, I'm, I've been disgusted because there is a two-tier plea two-tier policing going on. Mm -hmm. So this is playing out. This is also influencing young people. And if you say to young people, you know, where is actually Israel? What does to the river, to the sea mean? Can you actually explain that to me? No. 
We're just we are just going along with the, the latest thing to protest. Sorry, that, I'm well, sorry about that bit of a Mark, I do apologize. No, but Mark, uh, you know, I, I, you're absolutely entitled to say what you say because um, I think you're right. But I think you're right. Uh, I think there are other people that are right that are saying different things because we have to realize mm. that this issue is so much more complex mm. than one group is absolutely right and the other group is absolutely wrong. We have to uh, open our minds to the understanding that we're all being played the whole world is being played to be able to get rid of as many people as they could possibly get rid of, however they can get it done, and make all of us hate one another so that we can have uh, a, 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 a despotic uh, civilization of people that don't work together never get anything done to stop these guys who are at the at the peak of the pyramid in other words the new world order this is all planned it's all part of the whole program it's all being planned there's a reason that israel's uh be, be being put into the position it's in now there's a reason that much of the other developed world is uh, against uh, the, the many of the countries of the Middle East. You mentioned Gaddafi. Gaddafi was trying to create a separate financial yeah. system outside yeah. of the world of fiat currencies and central bankers. Hmm. Why do you think he got brought down? Well, guess what? If you look at Iran, you look at many of the countries of the Middle East, they feel very much the same way. They hate usury, they hate central banks, okay? There's so much more to this problem than being anti-Semitic or anti-Hamas uh, or anti-anti-anything. We are living in a, a witch's brew of diabolically evil geniuses that are creating a world that is so chaotic and so uh, anti-human <laughs> and certainly anti-Christian. I, uh, I, uh, I, there, I couldn't there's agree. There's so much more to it that, you know, you, that... Can't, you can't look at this as, well, I think uh, Israel's completely right on everything, and uh, Hamas is absolute. I I detest Hamas as a group. I'll I'll make it that point right now. But do they represent? Uh, they represent millions of people who don't really uh, want to destroy the civilized world. Yeah, just like we had uh, George W. Bush and uh, Dick Cheney, and they weapons of mass destruction, and we've got to go into the Middle mm. East and create a chaotic nightmare mm. and uh, create uh, uh, 50 million people that absolutely hate our guts now because we went in and literally tried to tell them how to run their country, how to live. Mm. I mean, 
there is so much more to this than than just uh, a, a simple process of saying you're, these people are good, these people are bad. You're okay? absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Well, and, then and, and 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 Mark, you as a Brit, you talked about the Balfour declarations. Mm. What a nightmare! I mean, the 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 Brits. If there was ever a group of people that were absolutely uh, in love with their themselves and in love with the fact that they thought they should control the world. Take a look at uh, uh, Rhodes, at Cecil Rhodes, and look at the yeah. uh, the mm. predecessor to the Council mm. on Foreign Relations, mm. the Royal Institute. Okay, mm. look at the people that, and I mean. Uh, the 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 Balfour declarations. They decided they were going to chop up the whole Middle East and uh, declare what boundaries and what countries were going to be there. Who were involved in that? It was the French, the the English, and mostly a little bit the Italian. The Americans didn't have a lot in that process, but they went along with some of it. Um, and and guess what? We ended up uh, cutting up the Middle East and trying to put borders in countries that had lived basically as nomads forever, right? Well, the other and, and the other, but the other thing is, as we've seen, as we you know, we went from empires to na to nation states. But on mm -hmm. some, you know, really important stuff. What you're saying, because the the other thing is 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 then talking about, and that's why I wanted you to get Cynthia on. Who is then talking about the fact that in in Egypt right now, and this is not what what we're hearing, where people are challenging the the ideology of Islam in regard to saying it talks about you know war and jihadism and all the rest, and they are saying that there is an enlightenment happening. Mm -hmm. There is a move where people are turning around and saying, "Hold on a minute, no, we don't want this." Mm -hmm. We need to talk about this. We need to question this, and that is what is really fascinating, uh, fascinating as well, because there is what's called, and in regard to the Quran, is like this whole thing of abrogation, which the second verse then completely, completely discounts the first verse, right? Mm -hmm. So, and I'm not saying I'm a scholar on it, but this is fascinating. So, it's then turning around as she's talking about that there is this movement, and especially as someone that that started a, a liberation, uh, you know, a, a political party, and that now suddenly there are people through podcasts and all the rest that are able to speak against it. And one of the big things that she raised, and something that we need to be praying about, because of course the Muslim Brotherhood and the chaos that they would want to create, they want to go and create that again in Egypt, um, and then go through the the Rafa Gate there and all the rest. Because of, as we know, Mubarak goes, Morsi, who's a member of the Muslim Brotherhood, comes in, General the Sisi in, as he has brought in the fact that actually create laws where you cannot, where you're. It, it's wrong to kill Christians. It's banned. It is an illegal act. But there is an element of, on the one hand, it seems like reformation. But the reason why he is guarding the Rafa Gate is because the past there is because the Muslim Brotherhood would then like to then infil infiltrate the country again, then get in control of the Sinai, and then the rest is history. So mm -hmm. you're 
this is why at times, and I hear <laughs> what you're saying about Balfour, but no, but it's important. I mean, I've got two volumes here, volume one and volume two of the history of Zionism. Fascinating. Mm-hmm. But but the key thing is the subject where there's a load, a number of different things and undercurrents all going on at the same time, but it is going to lead into a particular direction. And I do believe prophetically that when Israel was established in 1948, that it that it that it's scriptural, where people turn around and say, you know, the the land is two and a half thousand years old, but the country is seventy-five years new. There is a state there. Now, yes, we were in a we were we were in charge of the mandate from uh, from 1918 until then we left and by 1947 we were in we were in in charge of that as we're overseeing as you, you rightly say as the ottoman empire then yes, exactly then falls, it then was falls a, apart it was yeah. an affront to the ottoman empire and they mm. absolutely they were going to show the turks mm. who basically were the ottoman empire they were the mm. lion's share of it that uh, they were going to do whatever they wanted to do to the Middle East, and 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 the Turks had tough luck. You lost the war. The Brits, after World War One, and I'm going to make this statement. I, you, you know, you're a Brit, and I'm not trying to insult you, but the Brits, after World War One, with the help of Woodrow Wilson, created all of the conditions that led to World War II, led to uh, uh, everything that we've got going on right now in the world was part of the whole program that the Brits, the Americans, the French, they created at the end of World War I. And uh, guess what? It's all about the new world order. And I don't care what anybody says, this whole thing is a scam. It's designed to create the chaos and the and the hatred and the uh, uh, enemies of one another and society and throughout the world. Are they going to exist even if we didn't have the New World Order? Maybe, but they would be local and they would be things that we could deal with. We are in a world that has been planned for us for the last probably 800 years. Mm-hmm. And but- it's planned and is created so that we can end up creating so much uh, hatred and so much uh, uh, dislike for every society around that uh, that we create the new world order. They can win because they can divide us into so many groups and so many factions and so many special interests that uh, we are basically we're putty in their hands. Now, uh, Mark, I'm going to I'm going to have to we're going to have to leave. Patrick's because, here. Patrick's yeah, here. <laughs> that's absolutely right. Patrick Howley's ready to go with campaign show. Let's bring this up. Let's do another show soon. And uh, let's take off from where we where we left. Def- definitely, definitely, Patrick. Nice to see you. I do apologise. <laughs> We've run over time. <laughs> yep, very definitely, Patrick. Dan, thank, thank you, you my thank friend. Thank you very much. Speak to you soon. All right, Mark. Dude, I love number. you. I love your brother. Uh, and let's you. keep pushing for uh, raising funds for the January sixth 
prisoner's family. Def definitely. And uh, let's do this again. There's a lot more to talk about. Oh, All right, God bless, guys. Fun. Cheers. From the lakes of Minnesota to the hills of Tennessee, across the plains of Texas, oh, from sea to shining sea, from Detroit down to Houston, and New York to LA, where there's pride in every American heart, and it's time we stand and say.